As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. It is a Friday and we are chock full of football. Live in Los Angeles, it's the herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Jay Mack will join us Monday. Ryan very capably sitting in. It is nice to be here. And um, we got football last night. Tonight, we have five exhibition games. I sat on the couch last night, watched almost every play, fell asleep, fourth quarter. It's good to have football back. Ordered a little DoorDash, sat down, ate Greek food, watched football. About as good as life gets. So the Texans rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, made his pro debut. Ohio State kid. I think if he can avoid all the nonsense with the Texans and their chaos through the years, he has a chance to succeed. He's not much of a wow guy, but he's big move foundationally. He's got some nice stuff. Um, the fact that he wasn't great against Belichick is not a story. Rookie quarterbacks against Bill Belichick are 6-24, and 24, complete 55% of their throws, throw almost twice as many interceptions and touchdowns, and have a passer rating at 64. Bill is the greatest defensive coach ever. Not a shock that the Texans in a rebuilding state looked bad offensively, at least C.J. Stroud did. Facing Belichick as a rookie is like teaching your kid how to drive in New York City. It's really fast, and mistakes are inevitable. Know what I really watched last night, and I was thinking of Aaron Rodgers, New England's backups on the defensive line created utter chaos and havoc for the Texans. It's the best part of the Patriots. Pressure on the quarterback. They were tied for third in the NFL last year in sacks. Even their backups are good. The Patriots have all sorts of offensive limitations. They can't draft a skilled player to save their life. Malik Cunningham's interesting, but he's a third-string quarterback and probably won't see the field much. I like him. Love to see him get snaps. 
But what New England does, and they do it well every year, is get to the quarterback. And the Jets' weakness, that's what I thought about with Aaron Rodgers sitting at home in New Jersey. He's got that big new home. I'm sure he had to go out and buy pillows and comforters. Maybe he had somebody do it for him. But he was sitting there watching, and that's what New England does. They're backups. Beat Houston's backups. But that's what New England does under Belichick. They create pressure. And if you look at who the Jets are going to face in their opener, Buffalo, great pass rush. Then it's the Cowboys, strength of the team, pass rush. Then New England, Philadelphia, Browns, Giants, Chargers, all a great pass rush. C.J. Stroud threw a bad pick against Belichick. Outside of Mahomes, doesn't everybody kind of play worse football at quarterback? against Belichick teams, D'Amico Ryan said, it's all okay. thought it was good for CJ to go out and get some live reps, get some real looks. Uh, thought he moved around well. Was he went, went to the right place with the ball a couple times, you know, and it was good to see him move out of the pocket and try to make some things happen there. We know we have some things to clean up up front. I don't want him having to move as much, but we all have things to clean up and get better at, but I thought it was a – a good first outing, good look at live action. So I thought it was good for him. Of course, I'm not super excited how I played. Didn't get to play a lot, but uh, just get my feet in the water, learn from my mistakes, and just keep growing. Just wish I didn't do one mistake on one certain play. But other than that, thought I played solid, felt good to get hit again, um, and just get back in the groove. I just think that preseason, that's what preseason is for. He's big enough. He moves well enough. He's accurate enough. I've said Can he overcome the Texans? Their offensive line isn't very good. It was ranked bottom quarter of the league last year. They're in a rebuilding mode. He's got a first-time offensive coordinator. He's got a rookie defensive coach. They've got a couple of interesting young receivers. It'll be okay. Take a deep breath. Much like Jared Goff, we don't know if the coach is the right coach. When Jared got one, and that's C.J. Stroud's comp, when Jared got one, he became very good. Hopefully, D'Amico Ryans is his first coach and his right coach, but that's not what I took from it. Belichick eats really good veteran quarterbacks up. That was going to happen. What I noticed was the pressure even their backups created, overwhelming Houston's front. You could say, well, it's Houston. The Patriots were third in the league last year in sacks. No reason, Matt Judon, no reason they're going to go backwards. Get ready for Aaron Rodgers. Well, speaking of stars, Phil Mickelson yesterday at the end of the show, we touched on that there's a new book out by a man named Billy Walters. He's considered the most successful gambler of all time, has spent time in prison, um, and he's got uh, some scores to settle, and he dropped a few bombshells that Phil Mickelson bets a lot. Well, there's a reason in Vegas parlance they call them whales and not goldfish. Rich people, memo, bet a lot. Michael Jordan bets a lot, too. I mean, it's legendary, right? Rich people bet a lot. They don't pay, play penny slots. They're not at the $5 table. Blackjack, that's where I sit. Um, Phil Mickelson in the book says he considered betting on the Ryder Cup, although Phil adamantly denied that yesterday. And here's the thing about Phil. I've been riding this 30-year roller coaster with him. Love him. Drives me nuts. Talented, reckless, enduring, flawed, interesting. Mostly owns it. I'm here for him. He's a big character who takes big swings, big consumer food, 
wine, golf, and apparently betting. Yeah, he bet a lot of money. 20, 25 years ago, I remember being in a sports book. I think it was the Las Vegas Hilton. And somebody told me that Phil Mickelson was maybe the biggest better in Las Vegas. Again, he was a whale. All right. He's pulling in $50 million a year. I think it, last year he made $106 million. So what? He's not a quarterback. He's not a tight end. He's not a point guard. He's not a goalie. He's like a boxer. He's an independent contractor. He doesn't have responsibilities to teammates or coaches or coordinators, an owner, a general manager. He's never gotten along with a PGA, and the PGA itself is only a charity. He's a boxer. I've got some interesting stories on boxers, UFC stars. They're independent contractors, and that's what Phil Mickelson is. Even the biggest claim, the Ryder Cup, he was going to bet the Ryder Cup. Phil Mickelson says, I didn't bet the Ryder Cup. Phil Mickelson talks. Alan Shipnuck wrote a book called Phil on the show in a couple of hours. Phil just talks. He's the jokester. He makes big bets, big claims. Nobody knows half if they're true. So if somebody who spent time in prison says the scores to settle, that guy was going to bet in the Ryder Cup. Prove it to me. I'm not defending the reckless nature of Phil Mickelson, but I am saying his loyalty is to sponsors. He's a pro golfer. The PGA is a charity, and the PGA never treated stars the way they should have been until the Live Tour was created and now exists. Suddenly, the PGA has reworked the books a little to take care of their stars. And Greg Norman, who runs the LIV Tour, and Phil Mickelson, one of their stars, have pushed back on the tour forever. There's nothing in this book that shocks me. Phil Mickelson bet over a billion dollars and lost a hundred million. I think last year he made more than a hundred million. Again, memo, rich people bet a lot. Okay. The trouble is, and Phil has acknowledged a gambling addiction. Some people have that quality. Years ago, I worked with a guy named Kenny. Food, alcohol, betting, women, anything. He was just all in, overboard on everything, and acknowledged it and hopefully has fixed it. It's a real thing. Addiction exists in all corners of America and the world. It's sad. Phil acknowledges it, has self-awareness, and has tried to peel back. But even the Ryder Club Cup claim. It's not a golf major. PGA is not a team. I mean, the Ryder Cup is a bragging right festivity. There's no purse for it. Just want to be better than the Euros. That's probably the only golf team you're ever on. And would anybody really care? He bet on his team to win. I know, I know it's not appropriate. I said this yesterday. Finding out that Phil may have considered betting on the Ryder Cup is like finding out your 16 or 17-year-old smoke pot. You won't encourage it. You're not happy with it, but there's a lot worse. <laughs> it's legal in 30 states. So Phil Mickelson lived a big life with big swings, and he has made my life better as a consumer. I'm here for all of it, even the bad parts. We do that now in society. We like the best parts of things. We consume things we like, but when it's not exactly to our suiting, we get upset. Let's be less fragile. Phil's all in, all interesting, all the time. And he's not perfect, and he's flawed, and he's talked about it. That's the turbulent life of America's rock star. 
We could talk about Tiger and some of his secrets. I'm okay with Phil. I read a story this morning from an English broadcaster named Gary Lineker. And it's funny how we look at gambling sometimes. It's bad, right? Lineker, the broadcaster, talked about his friend Queenie overseas. Michael Jordan was over there, and they were going to go golf, Michael Jordan and Queenie. So Queenie goes up to him and says, hey, Michael, would you, would you like to wager a little? Sure, man. How much you want to play for, Michael? Michael puffed on a cigar, looked straight at him, and smiled. Whatever makes you uncomfortable, man. That's a cool story. And that's how Phil Mickelson's lived. And I'm here for it. Imperfect. Fascinating. I'm okay with it. Alan Shipnuck, who wrote the book Phil, um, and it's really, I, I said this yesterday. I read the book Phil in an afternoon. I could not put it down. And when I read it, I know a lot of things about Phil Mickelson were unveiled to me and not all positive. And at the end of the book, I couldn't tell if I liked Phil Mickelson more or less. <laughs> I couldn't tell. He's, you know, there's a reason. I used to watch The Sopranos. I didn't want to be The Sopranos. But it was fascinating. Phil bet. He gambled. The stigma's over. Supreme Court ruled it's okay. Now, you could say it wasn't when he did it, but I'm supposed to be startled and shocked. I'm not. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code HERD, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So the second game that was on last night, the NFL Network, if you're not from the Pacific Northwest or from, uh, you know, Minnesota, maybe you didn't watch. I did the Seahawks and the Vikings. Um, The one position in the NFL, at least in my opinion, that feels like it's certainly significantly more um, valuable than, say, 30 years ago is wide receiver. Uh, This past year, there were 22 players that had over 1,000 yards at receiver, tight end. 30 years ago, it was nine. Uh, the NFL is trying to be safer. You can't grab receivers. You can't hit receivers. So receivers now want to go to the middle of the field. And some, you know, I feel like they're almost uncoverable, certainly with single coverage. Um, they're just more wide open all the time. They used to be icing on the cake, in my opinion. Now they're part of the cake. Running backs are more icing on the cake. So Seattle and Minnesota are interesting. Both made the playoffs last year. Neither was very good at defense. Vikings were awful. Seattle was bad. Neither had what you would consider star quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. Uh, Offensive line play was way below average. Well, how the hell did they get to the playoffs? Playmakers. And that's the key. And I saw it last night. They have both drafted another potential star-wide receiver. Minnesota got Jordan Addison from USC. Looks like he's going to be really good in Seattle. Went and got Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's going to be spectacular. And so they're doubling down on it. Those, those early picks don't necessarily all have to be, and it proves really in the NFL. Kansas City, do they have a great defense? Minnesota and Seattle doubled down on getting really good wide receivers. If you go back over the last 12 years, you take just the Vikings and the Seahawks. Look at how well those organizations have done drafting and accumulating wide receiver talent. The Vikings, in fact, got Adam Thielen undrafted, and the Seahawks got Doug Baldwin undrafted. The Vikings have Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and now Jordan Madison. The Seahawks got Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin, DK Metcalf, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And that allows you to not have a very good defense. In fact, bad. That allows you to not have a superstar quarterback and a weak offensive line and yet make the playoffs. Last year, five teams in the NFL had two 1,000-yard receivers. All of them made the playoffs. So let's pivot back to New England in that same 12-year period. Great coach, great defense, great pass rush, always above average offensive lines, can run the football. Special teams are almost always way above average, and they're declining and couldn't make the playoffs. Why? Zero playmakers drafted at on the perimeter in the last 12 years when Seattle 
and Minnesota are stockpiling great talent. So the Vikings and Seahawks don't do many of the things New England is great at. But New England can't, under Bill Belichick, draft skill players. It is a hole in New England's business model. I mean, O-lines, D-lines, pass rush, run game, time of possession, head coaching, special teams, all the things we talk about for championship teams. They don't, they don't have any playmakers. I watched New England last night. They're slow. The most interesting player is a quarterback, Malik Cunningham, who's a third-string quarterback who can do some receiver work. I thought, that's fun. Let's get that young guy on the field. So uh, watching Minnesota and Seattle last night, you know, it, it, I kind of looked at it and I thought, you know, these teams got holes everywhere. But, man, they make plays. They can do things off script. And that is a big part of what football is today. It can't all be schemes and 12 and 13 play drives. Sometimes you need a dude to take it to the house. Here's Ryan with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Brock Purdy was fully cleared to return to practice a couple weeks ago after his torn MCL in the NFC Championship game. Since then, Purdy has gotten the official nod to be the 49ers starting quarterback this season. As he makes his way back to full velocity and volume of throws, Purdy is feeling good. Yeah, my arm feels great. Um, you know, just still building back-to-back days and, you know, trying to gain all the strength that I can back from obviously the, just the rehab process of things and and um, I feel really confident. My routine really hasn't changed. I feel like I'm, you know, back to a, a normal routine with my arm and stuff. Um, so so obviously taking care of it as much as I can on an off day and whatnot, but um, I feel, you know, almost back to normal. Well, he is who the coaching staff wants to start. So, you know, the, we say this, uh, the, the Niners are quarterback friendly. They're not quarterback reliant. So I, 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 I don't think, I looked at him last year and I know a lot of people think it was luck and lightning in a bottle. Now all the coordinators he'll face get a second year of looking at it. One of the things the Niners face now that's sort of unspoken, but Kyle Shanahan has talked about this privately, not on air. Half the league runs his offense. So what's happening now to the San Francisco defense is they're often seeing, you know, variations of it week to week or every other week. And also the defenses that Brock Purdy faces now are more familiar with this offense because they're facing it in practice all the time. So San Francisco, you know, they, they, they want to win a championship here because the league is really now starting to duplicate what they do. So defenses are getting a little bit more familiar with Kyle's schemes. There's half the league feels like they're copying it. So they need Purdy to be healthy. Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are not getting you to a Super Bowl. I do believe with his accuracy and his ability to make quick throws and stay out of trouble with all his college experience, I do think Brock Purdy could end up in a Super Bowl. I really do. Not sure he's going to outduel a Burrow or an Allen, but I think he could get there with this roster. Yeah, the thing with Purdy is I think a lot of people get caught up in, well, he had the highest passer rating over you know the stretch of games that he played. Well, I, I don't think anyone actually expects him to be that, to be the best quarterback in the no. league. But the 49ers don't need him to be special. They just need him to be efficient and not turn the ball over, yeah. which is at times what Jimmy G got them into trouble with. If you go back to Jimmy G when healthy, he was spectacular for them. Not right. saying he was spectacular, but he was spectacular for them. And so that's kind of the role Purdy is. Stay healthy. Let's get over this. 
accurate. I think he moves a little bit better than Garoppolo, and I think he has a better arm up the sideline than Garoppolo. So if he's a slightly better version than Jimmy G, I think that, again, you can get to a Super Bowl. This roster, Kittle will be a Hall of Famer. Fred Warner's going to be a Hall of Famer. Trent Williams is going to be a Hall of Famer. Debo and McCaffrey are Pro Bowlers. There's, like, talent everywhere here. Bosa is going to be a Hall of Famer. The Rams, sticking in the NFC West, are coming off a very disappointing season, finishing with the most losses by a defending Super Bowl champion. Aaron Donald also had a down year, playing in only 11 games after suffering an ankle sprain. Donald recognizes that the Rams are flying under the radar and expects the team to use that as motivation. Well, I got a lot to prove. I ain't had a season I wanted, obviously coming off an injury, um, things like that. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, you get to where you need to be. You know, it's like starting over from scratch again. You know, um, it's a brand new year. Last year was last year, but, you know, that kind of, it's a little fire lit into me. We all need some type of fire, something to push you, you know, something to get you going. And that's something that I'm hanging on right now. And I feel like um, we got something to prove as a team. I think I got something to prove as a player. And um, that's how we're going to take it. The one thing I think that most people would agree on, they're not going to be a great team. So let's say we split the difference between where I think they'll be eight wins and where the public thinks five. So let's say it's six, six and a half, seven. They'll probably be drafting around 12th that should be able to get them one of the four college quarterbacks. So we, we, we think it's going to be Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix, Caleb Williams, probably won't get him and Drake May. Those four right now, there could be more, those four feel like to draft top 15, top 12. So if the Rams win six, seven games, you're going to be around 12. If not, you're 13, 14, and they probably move up if they wanted a quarterback if Matt Stafford can't stay healthy. So the whole season to me really isn't Darnold. It's not a win total. The whole season to me comes down, can Matt Stafford stay healthy? If he stays upright and healthy, then they can address with that first round pick a left tackle, a great edge, because they've got some components, but they need to upgrade left tackle, another weapon, somebody to help Darnold up front. So I think the real fascinating thing to them is, are they going to draft what Vegas thinks, sixth, or where I think 17th, it's probably in the middle at 12, and they'll have an opportunity to get the third or the fourth quarterback there. If not, they'll move up a spot or two. And that's, to me, what's really fascinating because Stafford went healthy a year ago, was spectacular. And same with Cooper Cup. The last time Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald were all healthy, they won the Super Bowl. So it's... It's going to be about health and whether or not they're all upright the entire season. They're likely, especially in the NFC, going to at least be competing for a playoff spot by the end of the year, which is going to take them out of that range to probably take a quarterback, as you were saying. And we'll wrap it up with this. Mike McCarthy will be the offensive play caller for the Cowboys this season. After Kellen Moore left for the Chargers, McCarthy will be calling plays for the first time since 2018 with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And it's something that he's looking forward to. Here's what he had to say. I'm always looking forward to the games. That's what it's all about, to compete again. I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's fun. I mean, it's kind of hard to be fired up about making schedules every damn day. I try to, but I feel like I'm back in my element doing what I feel like I do best. All right, we'll see. The record does not indicate <laughs> it's his strength. It does not indicate that. And uh, But the good news, we heard this week that Tony Pollard 
is back off the broken leg and looks good, and I think that's a big deal because Tony is an electric, break, you know, game-breaking player. Zeke is gone. O-line's got some injuries and a Zach Martin holdout. Uh, so as they work Brandon Cooks into CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup's rotation, they're going to be very reliant on Tony Pollard, no Zach Martin. So it does feel like it's a little bit more of a lean-on Dak year, which I don't love. But you know what? Their schedule early is full of big games on TV, and we'll all watch them together. Good stuff. Ryan with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Line News. He was a first-round pick by the Chargers years ago and had a spectacular career, 11 years, four Pro Bowls, and just had a two-year coaching stint with uh, Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Antonio Cromartie is joining us. First of all, how was that coaching thing? Now you had to deal with all these players and all their stuff. How did you like that? No, I loved it. I loved every single bit of it, and I um, I love the experience. I, I thank Jumbo um, and that staff and that, uh, and that program for giving me an opportunity to go out and coach because it just turned, the, turned on a fire in me that I showed me that I really want to coach, and I feel like that's the purpose of, of me being able to go out there. I love the way I can build a relationship with the kids and uh, be able to get them to do uh, the things that we need them to do. So um, I watched Hard Knocks, and I uh, heard the stories about uh, the Jets' offensive line struggles against Carolina. And, Antonio, last time you were with the Jets, they were on Hard Knocks. Um, Did you find it a distraction to have cameras everywhere? Rex Ryan was there, Mark Sanchez. What did you make of Hard Knocks and and, and just having people around the building? Honestly, man, uh, after the first day or two, you start to – uh, get used to the cameras being around. He honestly, you start moving around and start doing things like they're not even there anymore. So I think um, that's what the, that's what the organization is doing now. It's the second stint with it, uh, and I think they just know how to go out, go about it and move uh, in a way that makes sure that you know they can still get everything done uh, in a way that they can capitalize on everything. Robert Sala's a little under the gun. He and Aaron do seem to have kind of the same personality. They're kind of upfront. They're honest. They're, they feel pretty authentic. Um, but when you're in New York, Antonio, the media is pretty relentless if you don't get off to a good start. Are you a little concerned when you look at their O-line issues and the defenses they face early? If they start 3-3, three and three, are you concerned about the reaction and the heat on Sala? No, I, I think that's too much if they start three and three. But uh, only thing I'm really concerned about is the, is the, is the offensive line. And it's not the, the, the guard, the center position. It's more of the edges, as Aaron Rodgers would say also. I think when you have Dwayne Brown coming back, uh, I need to see uh, Makai uh, trusting, trusting his ACL uh, and go out there and, and trust in what his rehab has done and, all, and the stuff that he's been through. Uh, already to get back and go out and go play where he needs to be playing. I mean, say he's gotten down in weight. He's down like the 330, 340 range. So that should help him a little more, take a little more pressure off his knees. Uh, but it's the depth that more so scares me on the offensive line because if you're already talking about the edges from that standpoint yeah. uh, that you have there now, uh, injuries happen throughout the whole entire season. So it's always going to be in the next man up mentality. So you got to find your best five and then you got to find your, your, your next two or three that can rotate in and out if injuries happen. So I know um, people can say, well, it's only practice, but coaches care about practice. Mm -hmm. When you were in the NFL, you found out a lot about your teammates in practice. So it does matter. (laughs) And also, Antonio, 
starters don't play in the preseason much, so increasingly practice matters even more. Inter-squad practices. So Dak the other day had three interceptions. We got video of each, and they were bad picks, and he's a veteran. It, it's not – maybe it's not a big deal, but they were bad picks. Isn't it something? Yes. You've, you've, so you think it's something. It's something. Uh, and, and I say that because when on one of the plays, I think it was one of the red zone plays, uh, he threw a – that pick was by far the worst. Yes. Um, because you had a flare – a running back running out in the flare, the linebacker drops underneath, so they're in a zone coverage, and the first thing you do is try to throw an out route to the side where the linebacker's dropping to. You know, that's that's quarterback one-on-one. If you if he, if it's not there, don't try to force it, drop it down to the to the back or whatever, try to get rid of it from that standpoint. And I think the other one was um, it was a deep ball that the receiver actually had uh, Trayvon Diggs beat for about a yard, by a yard, and he underthrew it by right. a yard and a half. So, um, you know, he's throwing bad balls, but at the same time, um, it's, it's practice. It's something to be worried about, but it's something that can be fixed uh, and as, as he goes on uh, in the situation. But you just want – the thing that I hated was that had to come out and say, I will not throw this many picks next year. Now everybody's watching you in practice and counting how many picks that you throw in practice. So. When he just should have been Dak and just say, you know what, let me go out and just do what I'm supposed to do. No reason to comment on anything that anybody else says outside of this organization. My job is to be the leader in the, the, the starting quarterback for this organization to go out and go lead them into the playoffs and try to get us to the Super Bowl. So C.J. Stroud had a bad pick. My takeaway is kind of um, Belichick, this is what he does with rookie quarterbacks. He throws a bunch of stuff at you. You make <laughs> bad picks. C.J. looks big. He's mobile. I've seen him at the podium. You know, I don't see any cocky. Seems like a good kid. Uh, what did you make of his opening performance against Belichick? Uh, I mean, he went two for four and threw an interception. Uh, I think it's two, four, 13 yards, and he threw an interception. The interception was bad because uh, if you look at it, the the tight end or whoever was in the flare at that point in time was wide open. Um, they was in a cover four where the number two receiver went over the top of the went over the top of the uh, of the quarterback was went over the top of the linebackers, and the set the backside safety set underneath the number one receiver when he just threw the ball when he had the actual tight end who chipped was wide open who could have got you six or seven yards uh in that in that position so it's like he got to understand take what the defense gives him don't try to force a ball uh he had the crossing route also that actually uh, came open late yep but you know it's just it's a learning curve you know and that's something that he has to go through he has to figure out how to go through and that's probably that's something that he's they're going to go watch and film to make sure that he understands, like, hey, you don't have to force this ball. Yeah, maybe third down, maybe second down, but let's try to get some chunk yards back by dumping the ball down because there was nobody in the flats covering the guy at all. Yeah. Antonio Cromartie, 11 years, four-time Pro Bowler, stop by our show on late notice. Good seeing you. Have a great weekend. We'll be watching the preseason tonight and over the weekend, man. Thanks. Definitely. Um, Appreciate you me on. You bet. Yeah. You know, when we showed that video of C.J. Stroud, the one thing you found very quickly is the pocket completely eroded. So a little bit of nerves, little anxiety, got a crowd on the road, don't have great offensive protection up front. It's going to be ugly. Again, it's, it's teaching your kid to drive in New York City traffic. It's just fast. You're going ha- to get into a wreck. It's just it's not going to be pretty. And, uh, and, and by the way, not only do 
rookie quarterbacks, I mean, it's almost unbelievable. Rookie quarterbacks throw twice as many picks, almost, as touchdowns against Belichick. They're 6-24. and 24. But here's what's amazing. Their passer rating's in the 60s, and they complete 55% of his throws. And oh, by the way, in the career of Bill Belichick, there have been some great rookie quarterbacks. This is not a bunch of stiffs. Now, he's had some stiffs, but there's been some rookie quarterbacks in there that are really good players. 55% completion percentage. So Bill makes it really rough on the kids. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, You may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. 
tomorrow, it's Baseball Night in America on Fox as Ronald Acuna Jr. and the NL East leading Braves take on the Mets, or Shohei Otani and the Angels battle the division rival Astros, or Brewers White Sox. Tomorrow, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on Fox. Check for the game in your area. Braves, Mets, I know how those games are going to end. I'm almost sure of it. Uh, so tonight we have six preseason games, many on at the same time. So you'll have to watch highlights on some, unless you have one of those media rooms. I'm really interested in five. They're just a bunch of quarterback questions. I don't remember a year when I, you know, you have some big brands and I don't know who the quarterback is. So we have Jordan Love is going to play snaps at Cincinnati. I want to watch uh, Atlanta, Desmond Ritter at Miami. I want to watch uh, Kenny Pickett. Against Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, I want to watch. Uh, Sam Howell uh, for Washington, who I, I, when I watched him in college, I thought he was a less talented Baker Mayfield, but I want to watch. And then we're going to get Russell Wilson. Sean Payton said he's going to play tonight at Arizona. So <laughs> I know it's just preseason and nobody cares, right? I care. So five games with quarterback questions. Uh, the Payton-Denver one's fascinating. Jordan Love. Um, we can all play judge on America's Got Talent. You know, you be Howie Mandel, I'll be Simon Cowell. We can be delighted or it's a tire fire. We'll just sit back and watch the quarterback talent. Um, I I do not have whole high hopes for Jordan Love. Uh, he's got one career start, but 10 total appearances. And in those 10 total appearances, he has two passes for over 20 yards. It's a lot of dink and dunk. It's a lot of scheme thing. His biggest play in Philadelphia, that game against the Eagles, was a slant to Christian Watson, who's really, really fast, and uh, took it for a lot of yards. So I feel like I'm going to watch this movie, but there's not even enough footage for a trailer. So two career completions in 10 appearances of over 20 yards. Uh, I don't have high hopes. Through the years, I've had a handful of sources inside the building uh, I've had uh, a source inside the building that has really good connections said they just don't see a lot of juice, a lot of it. And it's interesting because when Jordan Love was a college player at Utah State, the feeling was he was kind of wildly talented but had to be refined. Now it makes it sound like he's more of a game manager. So he's probably, and we heard this about Trey Lance in San Francisco, he's not quite the athlete they thought. Utah State's not in a major Power 5 conference. So he had a very good underclass year, did not have a good last year. There was a coaching change. Who do you blame? Who knows? But I've said this before. In this league, there is such a premium on quarterback that if you're good, even if you're not playing, we're going to hear stuff. We heard stuff about Russell Wilson's first camp in Seattle, Joe Burrow, first week in Cincinnati, Patrick Mahomes, uh, three years, nothing. You go back and read the book uh, uh, about, you know, it was Jeff Perlman on Favre, Gunslinger. I think that's the book that had, you know, Aaron Rodgers was poking Brett Favre. And, you know, there was some real talk inside the building by year two that this guy is really, really special. I've heard none of it with Jordan Love. Now, the good news for Green Bay, there's not a lot of chaos here. They've got a ton of young tight end wide receiver talent. And Jordan Love is young, I think, uh, uh, generationally. He kind of connects with the guys more than an older Aaron Rodgers did. So it's a very young offensive roster with the skill positions, and he's a young guy. So there's some connective tissue there that I think is good. I also think Matt LaFleur is an offensive coach that knows what he's doing. They have two running backs uh, that I think, you know, Aaron Jones and Dylan, who are very nice running backs. I think the young tight ends are going to surprise people how ready to play they are. Um 
And again, the division, we don't know how good Chicago is going to be. We, we don't know. I think, you know, Detroit could be a little overhyped. Um, I, I just don't think there's a ton of juice, but you may be able in the NFC in this division to sort of game manage your way to nine wins. You may be able to. Here's Greg Jennings yesterday on the show about Jordan Love's debut. He sat back. He's learned a lot. He's been around not only the, the organization, but a great quarterback. Where he is at a disadvantage is because he hasn't been on the field enough. This is his chance and his opportunity. And for me, I think he's going to actually thrive. The problem is it's going to be hard for us to not compare his, what we would identify success as success to meeting the standard that we have become accustomed to seeing in that green and gold uniform under center. Yeah. I, 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 the other, my takeaway is if he gave me and I'll set the bar low, if Jordan Love gave me say 23 touchdowns, eight picks, so 23 touchdowns, not a ton. R- quickly, Ryan, look up. Just look up for fun. Uh, who's a quarterback? Let's say uh, a guy we don't love. Daniel Jones. Go look at him. If you gave me 23 touchdowns and eight picks, a passer rating in the high 80s, and he completes about 63 and 64%. That's where it gets tough because that's okay. That's okay. But he's opening the season against a lot of weak defenses, and they've got some really interesting offensive talent and an offensive coach. So if it's 23 touchdowns, eight picks, 88 quarterback rating, 64% completion percentage with an offensive coach and what we don't think is a great division in a weaker conference, you got to kind of stick with him. So, you know, I, I would hope he could get to 3,400, 30. 3,500 passing yards. Like, that's what I would need to say or see for me not to draft another quarterback. So I'll give you an example. Daniel Jones. One of the reasons I'm pushing back on Daniel Jones is he has Saquon Barkley, a brilliant offensive coach, a great left tackle. They're okay at receiver, certainly not ideal, but a great defense to often give him the ball back in good field position. And it was 15 touchdowns, five picks, and a 92 passer rating. So my take with Daniel Jones is, dude, you got to give me a little more ceiling. You got to give me more than 15 touchdown passes. Now, it's not a great receiving core. But the Giants decided that 3,200 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and a 92 passer rating, they gave the bag to that. Now, my takeaway is that's what I want to see with a defensive coach. When you give me an, when you give me an offensive coach, I want about 20% better numbers. So let's say, for instance, Jordan Love gave me 3,200 passing yards, 15 TDs, 5 picks, 67% completion percentage, 92 passer rating. (laughs) I wouldn't love it, but I think you'd have to double down on that. You couldn't move off it. I mean, if he gets Daniel Jones' number, and by the way, both have a very good left tackle. Both have running back support. uh, Both have an offensive coach. Giants have a better defense. Yeah, I think if he gets Daniel Jones' numbers last year, I mean, 67% completion percentage and very few interceptions, he's not losing you games. And that's probably what he is. He's not going to win me a bunch of games. But if Jordan won't lose games, you're probably like, all right, we'll try it one more year. Hour two on a Friday, live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.